The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. America's top talk shows with breaking news, traffic, and weather. WHIO. WHIO. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to yet another beautiful Saturday afternoon broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro, and with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com. You can come down and see us at 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine, or you can call us at 937-293-3914. If you'd like to get in on today's show, offer any comments, suggestions, criticisms, a commentary about things that are going on, please call us here at the studio at 937-457-1290, and we'd be more than glad to discuss with you any of the concerns you might have. And if you've been holding back, if there's something you've been wanting to ask but just haven't called in, this is a good day to do that because we've only got this show and next show before we start taking breaks for the football season. So give us a call at 937-457-1290. We'll get you on the air. I want to start off uh, today by just issuing a word of caution. Warning, warning. Warning. I say that because uh, right now, the United States, the world is preoccupied with what's going on in Afghanistan, and rightly so. However, be cautious of the fact that this is, to a degree, a smokescreen for things that are going on behind the scenes. This is the way this administration and the people uh, behind it tend to operate and um uh, notice that for the first time in the last several years, probably at least the last four or five years, I have heard the propaganda network, CNN and MSNBC, criticizing, get this, criticizing the Biden administration and certain officials relative to their mishandling of the debacle over in Afghanistan. Um, there have actually been some pretty pointed questions asked in news conferences. And again, it's been a while well, there's certainly not throughout any of this administration that we've seen that going on. And uh, here again, um, I say this is planned. I don't think that was spontaneous. Uh, they don't do much uh, spontaneity. They don't even ask legitimate questions on other legitimate issues that have cropped up over the last four or five years. So again, I issue a huge warning to those following the events to pay attention what's going on behind the scenes. Unfortunately, we won't know that for days, weeks, months down the road. But no doubt in my mind, things are going on behind the scenes. Relative to things we talk about here, some of you maybe uh, heard about it, but the Biden administration just on the 20th, uh, just yesterday, uh, issued a ban on Russian guns and Im the importation of Russian guns and ammo into the United States. Now, in the, in the normal world, three, five, seven, ten years ago, um, that wouldn't have been such huge news. When you're talking about ammo in particular, the majority of ammo coming in for Russia prior to the last couple years was 7.62 by thir uh, 39 and 7.62 by 51 and some other uh, miscellaneous rifle brands. 54R. 54R, yeah. yeah. There, there weren't many. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, handgun, pistol caliber ammunition coming in. Right now, Bernal, which is a, 
um, uh, Russian manufacturer is producing a significant percentage. Now, you, you look at numbers and you see uh, less than 5%, estimated to be 3 to 4% of the 9mm ammo in particular coming uh, being sold is from coming in from Russia, and it is the Bernal brand. Well, when you look at the total number of rounds sold, that's a whole lot of ammo. Stopping the flow of that ammo is undoubtedly going to result in uh, probably a month or two um, additional shortages of 9mm ammo because the American manufacturers are just now getting to the point where they're starting to get some reserves um, produced. And you notice over the last three months, prices have come down on American-made ammo from where it was up to uh, almost a dollar a round um, uh, six, eight months ago to now where it is pretty consistently between 40 and 50 cents a round. And even though that's still high, um, we could be in for another wave. The good thing is at Sim Trainer, we've been very fortunate to work with some uh, really innovative uh, um, ammunition providers. We just, uh, in the last couple months, uh, struck a deal for um, a, a substantial quantity of 9mm of American-made federal ammunition. I'm going to pick up another, another shipment here in the next week. So we're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, and again, we're keeping the same restrictions that we've had um, all along, obviously, we're selling only to our members and to people who take our classes uh, because they obviously show loyalty to us. And, um, that's and we're the way. selling it only for use at the range when you get it. That's so right. We, we want people to come and shoot. We want people to keep those skills fresh, to practice, to especially if it's a new skill, to build that up and become automatic. That's what we're hoping for. And so that's the reason that we're uh, that's one of the reasons that we have got this ammo. And we also then want you to go ahead and use it. Taking the ammo and taking it home and stockpiling it is great at other times when ammunition is much more plentiful and you have it available for emergencies. This is not the time to be doing that anyway. Save the stuff you have at home. Come on down. Purchase a box. I'm, I'm, we're doing a two-box uh, special, and obviously we're not going to police that um, uh, looking over your shoulder because our members, quite frankly, understand what we're doing. They appreciate what we're doing. And if you shoot a box and you take a box for the next time, that's fine, and that's what most people are doing. But uh, people can't come in and cash and carry. Uh, relative to this issue, um, the firearms involved, you're, you're looking at many of mostly rifles, some shotguns uh, that have been imported. And uh, just like the ammo situation, the importation of shotguns from around the world, mainly from Czechoslovakia and other such countries, has filled the void for the absence of the Remington 870 shotgun and the, um, uh, the low supplies of the Mossberg uh, and Maverick uh, lines. So um, the importation, the stopping of the importation of these guns is going to do nothing but adversely affect law-abiding citizens to the greatest degree. Um, there's an impression, I, I think the people who are anti-gun in the current administration is obviously uh, anti-gun. Uh, there's a belief that by doing this, they're somehow going to curtail crime. But every initiative they've taken over the last 50 to 60 years has done nothing but the opposite. Um, crime continues to run rampant in the inner cities. Uh, homicide rates, violent crime rates are at record highs in many cities. And, uh, um, and all the laws that are currently on the books, in addition to any other laws they might enact, are going to do very little until they start addressing the core issues, which we've talked about so many, many times on this show. So, um, again, some people may not have been aware of that. It didn't get a whole lot of pu uh, publicity. Uh, we got word of it because of uh, the the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the National Rifle Association. They're obviously um, connected and, and keyed into those kinds of uh, things that are going on. 
And so that information got uh, passed on to us just this past week. So um, that's just uh, something that's going on behind the scenes that some people uh, don't hear about. So I just want to remind everybody, just be cautious about uh, things that are going on. One other thing I wanted to mention, Mark, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, is the comment period uh, ended for the unfinished frames and lower receivers. And uh, what was the number again? You gave me some. Uh, it was almost 300,000 yeah, comments. 300,000 so comments. Some comment, yeah. comments. So, so. And they, they were all, all over the place as far as you know people making. But uh, from what Mark says, the overwhelming yeah. majority were in support of them not um, Yeah, they opposed uh, what they're pro- being proposed. Uh, many of the comments are... Uh, articulate and scholarly, and they have looked at the question from uh, from the actual impacts that these kinds of changes could have, both to law-abiding citizens, to manufacturers, uh, to the whole concept of creating your own firearm, which is something that goes back to the very beginning and before that, the very beginning of this country. Uh, and then there were also those comments from people who think that the ATF is just an illegal, unconstitutional organization and they should go away. Those kinds of comments are going to just be discarded and and that the, it wasn't any value to waste the time doing that. But there are an awful lot of people who have made comments that that really are serious comments and it'll be interesting to see whether the ATF decides to review those and review them seriously or whether their mind was already made up and they put it out there because they had to put it out for 90 days. Yeah, I want to remind our listeners that this is one of the main reasons that we started this show 12 years ago. Um, we, we, we want to engage our listeners in dialogue. We want you to call in with your comments. Um, you have strong feelings. Many of you have probably have strong feelings uh, for or against uh, the uh, limiting of um, um, the proliferation of unfinished frames and receivers. Call in and let us know. Let's create that dialogue. It's a good, it's a good healthy dialogue to have, uh, whether you're for or against it. Um, we, we think, uh, I personally um, don't think it's a big deal in and of itself, but I think it's a big deal in when the government gets into um, imposing uh, restrictions on, on certain items. It's just a starting point, and then they like to, to go from that point. It's a jump point for them. Well, the other big deal is that it's an agency that is effectively writing law. So they're changing the way that the law is, quote, interpreted, but it's more than that. They're, they're putting whole classes of devices, which in some cases could be all the way down to bar stock, depending on how well right. and, and how, the, the, um, the, how those rules are interpreted and applied. So it could be that if you just have a chunk of metal, they could, if you have any history, whatever, of creating or building firearms or modifying firearms, they could come to your place and say, well, that is something that needs to have a serial number and it doesn't. And therefore, we're confiscating it or we're fining you. And and that is, I think, the bigger problem in that the way that these uh, these proposed regulations were put together, they really are so broad as to not even be meaningful and to open the door for the ATF to do anything. And clearly, that's what they want. Clearly, that is not what the Constitution allows. What they realize is it's very difficult, even with the current makeup of Congress um, in, in D.C. at the present time, for them to pass legislative measures that will have much uh, um, to do with uh, um, setting things the way that they want them. They know that, so they're trying to do an end run and going through the, the bureaucratic uh, gobbledygook and uh, using executive fiat to try to impose wills, write legislation, just like they did with the bump stocks. The bump stock was not a legislative no. uh, uh, prohibition. It was the changing of language 
defining weapons in ATF guidelines that ultimately resulted in the bump stock becoming illegal. And they did that without it going through Congress, without going through the legislative process. They just changed the way certain words were interpreted, as they do right now. They're doing it all through many levels of, of our current society. So be cautious of what's going on. So if you would like to call us and, and be part of this discussion, we'd love to have you do that. Give us a call at, at 937-457-1290, and that will get you into the Master Control Studio where our absolutely perfect uh, producer is, is on the phones and taking care of practically everything else in the station today. Uh, so, again, call the studio at 937-457-1290, and we'll get you up on the air. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show, and if you want to get in on today's show, please call us here at 937-457-1290. We'd be more than glad to talk with you. Right before the first break, I had mentioned that the Biden administration had imposed a, uh, a restriction on the importation of uh, guns and ammunition coming in from uh, Russia and talked about some of the implications. And what I find to be so ironic about that is just a few months ago, he authorized the Russians to restore the flow of oil in their pipeline, shut down our pipeline, and basically created a huge um, monetary resource for Russia at that point. And now he's going to, and in, in addition, he cut, he shut down our own energy independent capabilities by uh, shutting down the pipeline um, uh, here in the United States. And now he thinks that uh, some way, shape or form that shutting the importation of guns is a good thing. It just, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Well, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, of course the, the Russian pipeline was not that they allowed it to go forward. It just were, they weren't, they were not enforcing any sanctions on the people who were receiving that. Right. And in this case, it's supposedly part of a new round of sanctions against the Russian government over its poisoning and imprisoning of dissident Oleski Navalny. Uh, that's that's what they're using. I yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Jeff is about ready to jump out of his yeah. skin over there. But I, I okay, agree. Okay, I took my that blood pressure pill this morning. <laughs> I agree that it's probably the the rationale that they're using, and the objective was to just stop and make it more difficult for law-abiding citizens to get additional ammo and to, to stop all of that ammo and those, those evil AK-47s, which, of course, all have to have uh, U.S.-made parts to be sold here anyway because of other, other re, um, earlier restrictions that were put in place. But the argument that the State Department is using is that it's, it's because of chemical weapons and having poisoned someone, and so therefore... You know we're going to we're going to severely punish the Russians by telling them they can't sell sell us ammunition that, quite frankly, isn't really that all that great anyhow. Well, here, here's what's interesting um, relative to the, the AK-47s um, and, and similar types of firearms that were imported. Uh, they have started to come back in in the in the area. That I'm seeing more and more of those on the shelves. However, that's probably going to be short lived for. Because of like this, this, because yep. uh, restoring inventory is going to be uh, very difficult. So if you wanted one or you want one, 
you may as well go out and get it now. Um, I'm suspecting if it hasn't already happened, the price is already going up, and they're going to continue to go up because it's simply a supply and demand issue. So if you wanted one, you better go get it. And while you're at it, you better pick up some ammunition because many of the places I'm aware of that are selling the guns also sell the ammunition in bulk quantities. Mm-hmm. It's one of the 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 AK forty the AK rounds have been one that even though they've gone up significantly more than what they were, I can remember when a, a box of AK ammo was four or five dollars, and uh, now yeah, you might it, see it for ten or twelve dollars, slightly more than twenty two. Yes, back at the time. Yes, and uh, but that, that's going that's going to change obviously because it's strictly a supply and demand issue. But uh, I just found it totally ironic that that went on. Well, and and a lot of the AKs that come into this country are not Russian made. They're made in Turkey. They're made in uh, Romania, uh, Czechoslovakia. They're, I mean, of course, the AK is is one of those kind of guns that can be made almost anywhere with a basic machine shop. So that is it's it's not like it's going to completely shut down the flow of AKs, but it is going to actually have an effect. So, I mean, again, I just want, it's a call to people out there. You have an opinion about some of the things we've talked about, particularly the, the restrictions on importation, um, uh, the, the, the ending of the comment period on the unfinished frames and receivers. Um, notice I've even changed my language because I was corrected several months ago when you'd call them ghost guns. Uh, yeah. It was actually a commentary by Ashley Habinski, who's a curator for the um, uh, Smithsonian Institute and has that affiliation with uh, the the gun museum in Cody, and now she's working on her clear. own as yes, a as a consultant, exactly. so and we uh, change the way we talk about those yeah. things and try to get the language right. Thank you very much, Ashley, for educating us and and uh, making us be more accurate. Because that really has been our objective from the very beginning of this show is to be accurate. All right, we are about to take a break and go into the news. If you'd like to call, this is a great time to do that. Four five seven and twelve ninety area code nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. We'll get you up on the board. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show, and if you'd like to get in on today's show, please call us here at the studio at 937-457-1290, and we'd be more than glad to discuss with you. I want to start off the second uh, um, part of the show by talking about a new product we have in the range. Um, we are now carrying, and we are a, a certified dealer of the Next Belt line of uh, uh, belts. Uh, Next Belt is spelled N-E-X-B-E-L-T. There's no T after the T. It's not next belt, it's next belt. So go out to the website at nextbelt.com and take a look at the tremendous uh, advantages of this new belt system. Um, There are several things that I just want to mention that you can benefit from getting a next belt. And I'm one of those people that uh, um, I've always had to get good heavy duty leather belts to do the things that I needed to do. And many of the nylon belts were kind of they just hung on me and they didn't provide a, a sufficient buckle to keep things um, snatched up the way they need to be keeping my holster, my magazine pouch in line along with my trousers. They're not so, stiff enough and yeah. they sag and they don't, yeah. they don't have enough, uh, they don't transfer just the weight well enough. not enough rigidity. Yep. Yeah. And the next belt system, they've, they've, uh, they've, they've got on, they aren't something big here. They have a precision fit uh, system that uh, adjusts in one quarter inch 
increments, which is tradition. It's different than traditional belts, which usually are adjustable for one inch increments. Um, they're made of uh, polyamide nylon, which is strong, and it, uh, um, it it's it's made of a super high density microfiber material that has uh, uh, ultra fine polyester fibers to make it both comfortable and rigid enough to to do the things that you want it to do. They they say they talk about the stiff construction. It's only stiff to the extent that it holds the weight of the things you're going to be carrying on the belt. It doesn't flex up and down. It exactly. does flex around. It does obviously. flex round, but not up and down. So it provides that good, um, that good rigidity that you need for carrying whatever it is. But the biggest benefit is their cr- quick release ratcheting um, buckle systems. They have a couple of different buckle systems. The two that we have in uh, in stock right now are the. Um, it's called the Titan EDC, which is a traditional style buckle, but it has a, a very neat um, ratchet system. And then the other one that uh, for people who like to carry in the appendix, it's the Supreme Appendix belt that allows you to take that buckle and offset it from the center, and it still looks good, feels good, and provides good rigidity. A lot of times when some of the people carry um, uh, appendix, their holster might be big that it, it extends into the middle of their body, and therefore the buckle on a traditional belt is in the way, and when they offset it, it doesn't look good. These belts are designed to be offset, and they blend in with the belt and make it look like a, a real nice system. So what you need to do is come on down to the range after you go to nextbelt.com and take a look at these uh, these great belt systems because I've I've looked for many years, and I've, I've settled in many cases for good quality leather, and because I never found a decent nylon one that I want, um, uh, Dave, uh, one of my uh, members and assistants who helps out with several of the classes, and uh, Pam, our, our main staff worker who works the front desk, they've been wearing these for quite some time, and they swear by them. Uh, matter of fact, it was uh, those two and one other member who uh, told me about it months ago, and I got involved in the process, and these are so popular that they were a couple months behind in production and distribution. We got our first shipment in last week, and they're uh, out and ready for sale at the present uh, at the present time. They range in price anywhere from uh, fifty nine ninety five to sixty four ninety five. But the nice thing is, even for us big guys, they sell an XL line that you don't have to worry about it coming loose because you're on the last half inch or last inch of the belt, and you don't want to go up to the the bigger belt because it's going to provide too much because all you do, once you size it to where you want it, you just cut off the excess. And they have a tremendous uh, heavy-duty clasp and uh, uh, um, screw-down system that once you cut it to the right length, you then fit it into the kind of the, um, uh, the housing of the buckle and you clamp it down with a very aggressive clamp, but then in addition, you actually tighten it down with two stainless uh, steel screws that don't back out. They provide great support, so there's uh, no chance of that backing out. The ratcheting system, I've, I've worn mine now for three days. Ever since we got it in, I, I put it on the second day. I like it because when I'm traveling, I can just reach, reach down and grab the, um, the little lever, and I can loosen it so when I'm sitting, I'm comfortable. As soon as I get out of the vehicle, all I have to do is push two sides of the belt together, and I can get it back to the, uh, the tightness that I want for when I'm in an upright position carrying. So it's a tremendous option for people, not only uh, just for general comfort, but uh, particularly relevant to people who are carrying. 
And this, uh, I'm looking forward to trying these out myself. Uh, I have been using a nylon belt for a long time, but it's it's actually more expensive than this one for someone my size. So uh, I'm looking forward to trying this and seeing how this works because uh, the stiffness is an important factor. I know when I first started carrying, I was just using a plain old ordinary off-the-shelf $10 Wally World special, and one day it broke. And that was that. It was, and part of the reason it broke is because I had it cinched a little tighter than I probably should have, simply because it felt like the gun was always going to fall right. off. And just to maintain that extra support, I added a little bit of extra tension to it. The belt couldn't handle it. So this is a belt that's designed to maintain that stiffness and keep it well supported and well, give you the comfort of knowing that it's not going anywhere. Mark, you bring up a good point that many inexperienced people, inexperienced people who don't pay spend the time researching belts. They get a good gun, they get a good holster, they put the gun on a not-so-good belt, and the gun gets what we call top-heavy in the holster, yep. which means basically it is leaning outward, and it could very easily fall out of the holster depending on the configuration or depending on the moves that the individual would be in. If they did and the any type of, of holster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the way it happens. But this holster solves that problem and gives you the security of knowing that that gun is wenched forward in a very uh, a secure manner. And if you get uncomfortable, you just reach down, and with the pull of a single lever, you can loosen it to any degree of looseness you want. And then when you want it tightened back up, you just push it together, and it, it goes right back to its original configuration. So it, it's a great solution. So if you have just been using a belt that you already had, and that's what you're using for concealed carry, come on down and check out the next belt, and uh, that might be a better solution for you. Um, we're very excited about this line, and I personally, like I said, I've looked for good nylon belts, and I'll bet I have five at home, like Mark, that just didn't do the job. I like to wear them in, with shorts and sometimes with khakis. This is going to be great for uh, cargo pants in the wintertime, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to I have cargo shorts on now, and it works great, but cargo pants in the wintertime, um, carrying or not, it's going to be a, a great option. Um, when is not? That's, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, uh, but that's just, you know, I know that's not everybody. They'll that is definitely the, us. They'll see me with the belt and the gun before they see me with the cargo <laughs> pants. No doubt. All right. A couple other things I want to mention is uh, with September right around the corner, our um, uh, fourth iteration of our handgun series one through five will be starting. We haven't set the dates yet because I have some activities planned in October that I'm trying to pin down before I set the date so I, I don't miss the classes. But um, we've had uh, full classes for the last, uh, uh, the first, second, third, um, and fourth cycle. And uh, we've got several people who like, is typically the case, the repeaters in uh, handguns three, four, and or five. And those classes have all been full. So if you're looking forward to taking our advanced handgun series one through five, um, watch the, the website in the next week to week and a half. And those will be posted. And please get registered early and take advantage of the, the discount we have um, the classes uh, typically are $100 a piece, so if you take all five, it's $500. Our memberships are $250 for a whole year, but if you buy the Handgun Series 1 through 5, you get the one-year membership for free. So you pay $500, and we throw in a one-year membership. And the reason for that, obviously, it's an incentive to get people to take the advanced training, but the biggest advantage is it's a definite encouragement to do what we recommend, and that's to practice, practice, practice in between classes and after you take the classes so you can retain the skills because it makes no sense to go to class, take um, five classes over the course of eight weeks, and then not shoot anymore. So we want to give you the incentive to go practice the skills and drills that we teach in those classes in the 
uh, during your recreational range time. And then also you can come to our uh, competitive shooting leagues on Tuesdays and, and Wednesdays and get some downrange shooting on the move, moving targets, a little bit more my dynamic experiences. But uh, that's the major advantage. So take advantage of the Training Pass Plus and Handgun 1 through 5 with the free one-year membership. One of the things that you'll get out of the Advanced Handgun Series is how to go ahead and practice effectively and get more out of it than just launching lead downrange, which is fun. But especially now, as painful as that is to do to the wallet, sometimes it's hard to justify coming down and just shooting a box of ammo. And if you have a specific focused objective to accomplish while you're at the range, then it makes that time much more valuable. And that's what you'll get out of the Advanced Handgun Series. And then when you come to the range, you'll, you'll learn and, and improve your skill set much more rapidly. Well, just last, let me give you a classic example of that, Mark. Just last week, we finished Handgun 4. And for this was the first time Handgun 4 is low-level light shooting with and without the, the use of a flashlight. Well, most of the people had never shot with a flashlight. They didn't understand the dynamics of lighting up the target, identifying the target, whether or not it's an adversary, and then being able to um, shoot, make accurate shots. So we teach technique, we practice the technique, and then obviously we can't let people come to the range and turn out the lights and start shooting. So what we encourage them to do is bring their flashlight with them, they can hold their gun in the low ready position, get their flashlight hold position, and they can, even with the lights on, practice shooting while illuminating the target, even in the lighted conditions. Because it's not so much always lighting up the target, it's being able to get the light in position and maintaining uh, a proper sight alignment so you can make an accurate shot. And the way to do that is through repetitious practice. So we teach the drills, then we give you the opportunities during open range to do that. Another example is shooting from cover. The people who complete handgun um, two are then able to come into the range and we have a, uh, a barrier that we use that's a portable barrier that we let them, once they've um, shown that they've uh, completed that class just by uh, letting the, uh, the staff worker verify that they've completed that, they can take the, the barrier, which is simply a piece of corrugated plastic on a, a two by two pole, into the stall and they can practice shooting around the barricade. So it gives them the opportunity to practice the skills that they learn in class during their recreational shooting. And what Mark said uh, is only part of the equation. Uh, yes, ammo is expensive, and we want to make your practice to be as productive as possible. But what we find is that when you learn how to practice, it, we, we, are a, we are still, I think it, it's safe to say, we are a subculture of target shooters. And don't get me wrong, target shooters, that's a great thing. People who go to the range, they load up their magazines, usually before they go to the range, they go to the range, they shoot a target, Maybe they shoot 50 shots in or around the same vicinity of the target. Maybe they load up some more mags and shoot another 50 rounds in or around the same vicinity. Then they pull their target in. They show their friends. They uh, pat themselves on the back and they leave. Now, there's something to be said about just getting trigger time. But there's also way more you can do if your goal is to become very proficient in handling your gun. We want you to practice with a purpose. Um, that, that practice isn't always going to be perfect because you're going to be challenging yourself, but you're going to be working towards being as best you can, practicing the skills and drills we teach you in these classes so that you can get good at the things that are important. The other thing I want to remind people about is um, our uh, uh, basic handgun and concealed carry classes. The basic handgun classes are great because it's an opportunity. It's, it's the, probably the class that's had the um, besides concealed carry, the, the, the most uh, significant enrollment over the last year to year and a half because we have so many shoot, new shooters. And we encourage you, if you're thinking about buying a gun, don't rush out and buy the gun yet. 
Come and take our basic handgun class and let us provide you with eight to ten of the most popular guns that are currently on the market, provide you with the instruction in the classroom and the structured supervised shooting out on the range so you can pick and choose the one that is best for you versus just going out to a gun store and buying either whatever they have or whatever they recommend without ever having shot the gun. That's a great way to start it. Then many of the people are wanting to go on to concealed carry and uh, our concealed carry class focuses on the serious responsibility of owning, carrying, potentially using a gun, emphasis on that rather than the shooting. Matter of fact, our last class, everybody in the class had basic handgun and we didn't have to spend a whole lot of remedial time out on the range with those people because that was pretty much covered in the basic handgun, which most of them took just a week or two prior to coming to concealed carry class. Whereas there are a lot of people, there's no mandate that you take a basic handgun class you have any experience at all. The state of Ohio doesn't require you have any experience to um, take a concealed carry class. We, on the other hand, have a course of qualification that must be passed. And if you can't successfully handle your gun and proficiently shoot it, you won't pass. Now, those people end up coming back later on and taking some additional training, but that's the way we do it. And one of the things that was a big advantage is that the people in this class got to do some things that we don't normally get to do because we didn't have to do some of that remedial work. All right, we do have a caller on the line, but we're not. We're going to hold until after we come back from this break. Jim, stick, stick with us. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip. And we have Jim on the phone from Beaver Creek. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you, fellas. Hope you're having a good day. Absolutely. Um, How can we help you? You uh, may already be aware of the situation in Missouri where Merrick Garland is uh, taking the state to uh, court over their uh, sanctuary-type laws. And uh, there was supposed to be some kind of decision as of last Thursday. I didn't hear the outcome of what that decision was. Also, according to Reuters, 12 of the 53 largest law enforcement agencies in the state have already withdrawn their support from the ATF to help them in any way. So it's already having an effect. So if anybody in Ohio thinks it's not, it, it is in Missouri. So I'm just curious as to what happened Thursday, if, if anybody heard anything regarding that. Jim, relative to the first issue, what I read was that um – Actually, it was St. Louis County, which is one of only a few counties that is challenging the governor's decision to uh, make uh, uh, Missouri a sanctuary state, was asking Merrick Garland's Justice Department to review the federal judge's decision, which basically upheld that it was, in fact, constitutional. Um, uh, Again, now think about this. The rest of the state was in in agreement, but St. Louis County, the argument yeah. was made that, well, this is going to result in more crime, the typical bull crap. This is going to result yeah, in more crime. Yeah, we know who's running that place. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I think we had a favorable ruling by the judge upholding um, the, the validity of the sanctuary city relative to the, the sanctuary second, laws. Sanctuary laws, for the, not for the whole state. Yeah, for the whole state. Um, relative to the second issue, I haven't heard any updates. So I don't know the answer to that. It, it is good that things are moving in our direction. Yes. And I think ultimately when these, when these matters get before many of the judges that have rational decision-making abilities and haven't been um, pushed into the propaganda wing of the leftist uh, 
um, current administration, they'll make rational, reasonable decisions based on elements of law. And um, it's going to be interesting because as uh, Mark and I talked on the radio last week and privately, um, the, the whole issue of separation between the federal government and the state government, I think it's going to be challenged like it never has been over the next year and a half. Yeah, we need to get on our lawmakers in this state and see if they can get something done here, too. Absolutely. And we're going to keep on top of that. And we've got people at various levels and various organizations who are advocating for that. The Second Amendment Foundation, the Buckeye Firearms Association, they're they're big into that regard that we got to start handling things on the local and state level and we got to do our work. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the updates. I never miss you guys and I appreciate all that you information you provide well, to us. It's really appreciated. Well, and thank you for your insightful perspectives and uh, interesting questions. And we will stay on top of things and try to get it. I want to close. We only have a couple seconds left. I want to just uh, ask God to uh, please release the legions of angels and bless and assist our dear friend Jose in his long road to recovery uh, for uh, some terrible injuries that he sustained in a, a fiery crash that occurred last week. Uh, he's in a hospital in critical condition, but last word is that he's making uh, positive progress and uh, our, our, our heartfelt uh, prayers and, and our, it'll be in our thoughts uh, continuously because it's going to be a long road recovery. Jose, God bless you and Laura and uh, hoping for a, a, a speedy recovery. We miss you. We love you. Thanks very much for being part of our show today. We have one more show before the break next week. So tune in at, uh, again, 2 o'clock next week and, and Shooting from the Hip will be back. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill.